Welcome into Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Casey Phillips here with senior writer and editor Scott Smith. And we are still in the middle of OTAs, which is an exciting time because it's our first chance to see some of the veteran players alongside the rookie players and our first time to hear from a lot of people at the podium that we haven't gotten a chance to talk to since last season right. and get their opinions on some of the new additions and what's going on with the team. So uh, first of all, just any kind of big takeaways from OTAs so far, some of the moments at the podium. I know we have a few different things we're going to get into, but yeah. just kind of big picture. Well, it is interesting some of the veterans that have showed up recently like this week Shaq Barrett and Devin White and Vita Vey has been there the whole time there's a good number of veterans there and the turnout's been pretty impressive because remember these are completely voluntary and really the entire NFL has sort of trended the last couple of years towards this being more about the the young players those are the guys that the team wants to get the most snaps right now so that as as uh, Todd Bowles put it on Tuesday they get enough set they get enough foundation set so that when they hit training camp they can hit the ground running and they can reasonably compete they'll know enough to be close enough to the veterans and their knowledge to be able to compete and they're not just starting from square one so that's what most of it's about but you still have some of these guys showing up like Devin White or Shaq or that that have a reason they're in the area Shaq says I'm in the area why would I not show up right. and work and try to get better so um, there's no there's, that's not to contrast to anybody that's not here. There's perfectly good reasons not to be here. And again, it's incredible and completely, that's what I'm yes. looking for, voluntary. But some of these guys see the value in it. Like Devin White's working on his diet and his training. And, and he also, there's new wrinkles to the defense apparently that they're installing. And so he wants to get that and learn it in person. Mm -hmm. So um, that's what a lot of it's about for those guys. But really the main purpose of this time is to help the young guys. Okay. Some reps. And I know Russell Gage is one of these new guys that we haven't talked a ton about yet because he's not a draft pick. We spent a lot of time on the draft. And uh, now it's, he's a guy that I think can man, that signing may have even been a little overlooked. Now it's been a bit and a bit of a refresher, and we got to hear Antoine Winfield Jr. talk about him. So, what do you feel like you learned in that? Well, first of all, about Russell Gage, he is here. He's 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 at the facility while these OTAs are going on, but he's not working out right now. He coach wasn't really specific about his injuries. He just said he's getting treatment and he's kind of sore, but it won't be an issue for training camp. But really, it's not that big of a deal. You could say. He might be trying to work on chemistry with Todd, Tom Brady, you know, because Tom Brady is famously very specific about how he, how he likes his guys to run their routes. But Tom Brady hasn't really been working yet, hasn't been there either. So he doesn't have, he, he doesn't really need to work on his chemistry with Kyle Trask, as an right. example. But uh, yeah, I think everybody's really excited about the addition of Russell Gage. Uh, <clears throat> one thing to note is that we're not sure if Chris Godwin is going to be there for the very start of the season, hopefully, but not necessarily. And so, uh, as Antoine Winfield was talking, he thinks Russell Gage would be awesome in the slot. We already have an awesome slot receiver in Chris Godwin, but he may not be there at the beginning. And then when he is there, you really make him very interchangeable. Mm -hmm. And as you can see here on this graphic right here, um, this, this is showing what guys, how these guys were targeted on third downs last year, and obviously Russell was in Atlanta. You, you look at, these numbers really tell a story of different types of receivers and targets. Look at Mike Evans, very, very successful when we throw him on third down, but his target rate is lower than the other guys. And if you look at Chris Godwin, who has, a, has the same number of catches, but a lot fewer yards, but look at how much of that is after the catch. And you, mm -hmm. can, you can see that in your mind. You can yeah. see Chris Godwin catching that real quick slant and making 10 more yards and getting the first down. His target rate, 24%. Now, if he's not there, look at Russell Gage. He was very good on third down and very highly used by the Falcons last year. He had a little more yak than Mike, so he might be able to do the same sort of things that Godwin 
did, but I think this just paints a picture on how these guys are used on third down. Yeah, that's going to be incredible. And another guy that we're going to be interested to see how he's used is our new first pick. I keep wanting to say first round yeah. pick, but <laughs> it's not quite right. right. Close enough. Uh, Logan Hall, and you talked about Vita Vea is here, and this is definitely a guy whose opinion on yeah. Logan Hall I was excited to hear. Yeah, Vita thinks, he said he's very, you can already tell he's very athletic. He thinks he's going to do big things, and obviously those two guys will probably be, and, and Will Golston will be your three primary guys on that down line, in that interior line. Um, what Vita was saying about him is that he's just, he's very active and very athletic, and obviously the Buccaneers are hoping that he adds a certain number of sacks and pressure from the interior. The interesting thing, though, is I think you maybe might have to temper your expectations just a teeny little bit. He could have a very nice rookie season, but he won't necessarily have like the six sacks that Indomitian Sue had last year. Hopefully he will. But if you look at some of the most notable defensive tackle interior lineman rookies that the Buccaneers have had, I put Santana Dotson on there because he holds the Bucks record uh, for sacks as rookie. Ridiculous. He was like a fifth round pick. The rest of those guys were all notable first round picks by the Buccaneers, all defensive tackles. Marcus Jones eventually switched to end, but he was a defensive tackle upon being drafted. I mean, look at him, Warren Sapp's a Hall of Famer. We love Vita Vea. Gerald McCoy went to six Pro Bowls, but their sack totals as rookies weren't really that enormous, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes it takes a little while to get into it. Hopefully, Logan Hall falls somewhere in between Sap and the rest and Santana Dotson, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, that's going to be interesting for sure. And then I know that since Coach Bowles has taken over, now we do still have Byron Luff, which is the offensive sure. coordinator, so consistency there. But when Bruce Arians was so known for his no risk it, no biscuit, and everybody's wondered how, how could Todd Bowles taking over maybe change mm -hmm. what this offense could look like right. and the team overall. So with a few people at the podium now this week, do you feel like you've gotten any kind of sense on what that could mean yeah. and, and what they're looking at? I think there's a certain bit of angst out there that with Todd Bowles taking over, even with Byron Leftwich still being your play caller, that he's going to force the team to be a run-first offense and, and, and he's just going to try to pound it as much as possible. And I just don't think that that's something we have to worry about. As Todd Bowles said very straightforwardly on Tuesday, he's going to do what an offense what it takes to win. So if that means Tom Brady throwing the ball 55 times in a game, if that's what's working and that's what the game plan says, we're going to do that. Mm -hmm. if, we run, if we're running well, and you run 30 times and you win, he's going to do that. But as Cam Brate pointed out a little bit later, there are a couple opponents that the Buccaneers have had trouble with the last few years, the Rams and the, and the Saints. It's no secret. Of the 10 losses the Bucs have had the last two years, seven of them again been against Ridiculous. those two teams. It's very unfortunate ones in our division, <laughs> and one just seems to be a team we always Every play. Every single year. Yeah. And, and, you know, they're probably in each other's paths in terms of trying to get to the Super Bowl. Uh, as Cam Brate was pointing out, Against some teams, he thinks the Buccaneers really do need to try to establish the run and successfully do so, and that's the, the Saints and the Rams because we simply haven't run the ball very well against those teams. And and so in that case, the Bucs might need to do that. And the point is not just to get the running game going, but that the, the, the making them fear the running game opens up options for your passing, mm -hmm. right? And I, I just threw this up here. Now, this is Leonard Fournette's runs last year. All of them, he had about 180 carries overall. And it shows you what fronts, how often they had an extra man in the box. That's stacked at the bottom. How often it was just seven people and how often it was six or fewer. Now, look, Leonard Fournette clearly did better against the lighter fronts, and that's great for him, right? But the, the, few, the small number of snaps against stacked fronts tells you that teams were not fearing 
our running game. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's harder to run against stack fronts, but if you can force them into those, you can do play action and so on and really do more things in the passing game. So obviously the Buccaneers would like Leonard to still have success against the lighter boxes this year, but they'd probably like to see more stack boxes overall. Okay, well, we are going to take a couple of our Facebook questions now. If you have one of those, you can head on over to the Buccaneers Facebook page and underneath our live video, you can leave your question there. And of course, I bet you can guess. We have, uh, no, yeah, that's Rob Gronkowski. Yes, there it is. <laughs> the TJ basically just sort of uh, yelled Gronk's name just at us yelling, multiple yeah. times and, you know, asked that's for, is there, a, is there any news on his that's, return? That's fair because at least there's some bit of, I don't know if I'd call it news, yes. but activity. Activity, that's, uh, that's We saw true. that um, baseball activity. Tom Brady. He was in town, and he and Gronk got together, and they were, I think, just right over there. Yeah, I think uh, Tom was taking some hacks, and and Gronk. Which was am I the only person that noticed? He, yes. Why was I didn't feel like people were How talking about know? this, and I was like, wait a minute, what? Could he just really throwing right-handed and swinging left-handed is the absolute perfect combination for a baseball player because you can play any. Don't position. say this, or he's just going to randomly all of a <laughs> sudden right. go play baseball, golf. Michael Jordan thing. Yeah, just everything else. Why not? He's conquered in the whole rest of the world. Well, Michael Jordan won three more championships after he went and played baseball. Right? You so know what, Brady? Go play go baseball. Go play baseball sure, and come go back. Go for it. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you want to be right-handed throw a left-hand swinger in baseball. It's advantageable size. There you go. Of course, Tom Brady's. Of course. Why would he not have advantage on but all the things? But hopefully, after that little session with with uh, Gronk fielding the fly balls that that uh, Tom was left-handedly hitting, they got together and, and had a little discussion about. Yeah. Hey, you know, come yeah, on isn't back. this fun to play games yeah. together? Let's keep doing that. <laughs> exactly. So I don't know how much you want to read into that. I kind of am reading a lot into that. <laughs> yeah. Why not? <laughs> we're just kind of uh, we're all kind of waiting and hoping i you know it was funny because i think it was byron leftwich that was at the podium not this week but last week and said so they were asking about gronk and if you know when he comes back if he comes back if he doesn't come back and he answered the if he comes back part and he says i really don't want to think about the possibility of gronkowski not coming back yeah so same i feel like in the building there's a general hope that it's going to happen yeah i would agree with that um <laughs> all right so willie asked uh how do our corner and safety positions look um, so in terms of, I would guess he, he means both in terms of depth and just yeah. health and starters and all of that stuff. Well, if, if he means how they look in OTAs, it's really not an easy question to answer because most of your starters aren't there. You know, you know you're not seeing Carlton Davis right. and Antoine. Well, no, I guess Antoine Winfield's been around. Mm -hmm. But um, they're not all there. <coughs> Mike Edwards has been around. Uh, but I think the depth is pretty good. At safety, you lost Jordan Whitehead, but you signed Logan Ryan and Keanu Neal, and you still have Mike Edwards and obviously Antoine Winfield. I personally think... Even though he went to the Pro Bowl last year, Antoine Winfield is on an upward trajectory mm -hmm. and is going to get even better this year. Uh, Mike Edwards, you know, might get more snaps when mm -hmm. we see what a ball hawk he is. And I think they have very specific roles in mind for Keanu Neal and Logan Ryan that will allow them to do a lot of different things. At cornerback, you have your top three back from last year. Hopefully you have better luck in terms of injuries. You know, Carlton Davis, Sean Murphy Bunting both missed a pretty significant amount of time. Uh, Jamel Dean missed, I think, two games. So... <clears throat> If you can get keep those guys on the field more, you're probably feeling pretty good. And then the big question there is whether the fifth-round rookie, Zion McCollum, who's incredibly athletic and fast and big, really fits a great profile for this defense, but is making a big jump from Sam Houston State to the NFL. If he can show enough to be your fourth corner, then you're probably feeling pretty good there. And, and you know, that fourth corner is going to get some action at some point. Okay. And then uh, we will close out with this. Jose said, do you see Logan Hall being a starter? Yeah, I think he probably will be. 
Um, at this point, you know, we often get, and I'm surprised we weren't asked, is Ndamukong Sue coming back? Mm -hmm. And all along I've been saying, I think he's probably up to him. He's trying to decide if he wants to play and how much would make it worthwhile. Right. But we're in, what, we're getting pretty close to June now. Yeah. So unless something happens, I think we have to kind of picture this moving forward without Ndamukong Sue. And in that case, I think Logan Hall is pretty much the obvious three technique starter, Vita Vey in the nose and, and uh, Will Golston more on the four technique where he really fits perfectly. Right. And I think all three of those guys are going to get a lot of snaps. Your main backup is Raheem Nunez Rochas or Nacho. He's mostly a backup to Vita Vea. Mm -hmm. So I think there's room for either somebody to step up or for the Bucks possibly to sign another guy on a defensive line as a reserve to rotate with Logan and, and Will, Will Golston. But yes, I do think Logan Hall will probably be Starter. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us on this edition of Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Thanks so much for being with us. We'll see you next time.